Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the live devotion. Um, if you hear something in the background, it is our kettle <laughs> that is boiling. <laughs> so welcome to this message. I believe it's going to bless you. We can just jump right in, in Proverbs chapter 18. So today I'm just speaking about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, so I mean, there's much to say, and we we can really, if we really want to go in detail, we can go on for a long time. But uh, I'm going to try and keep it a bit shorter today. So Proverbs chapter 18, he says in verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Okay, my little girl wants to come in. Okay. Right, so Proverbs chapter 10. Uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe, high above evil and strong. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. All right, so the name of the Lord is... We can go into the name of the Lord. The name represents everything that God is, everything that he has. It represents its power and it represents his word. So the word of God, um, if, the, if he's faithful to his word, his name will mean something. Okay? So if you go to a business and, you know, say, for instance, someone has had a long-standing relationship with a business and he sends his son and says, just go to that business and uh, just ask them for this and this and this. When the son gets to the business, he just says, can I have this and this and this? They say, sure, because they know they will get their money because of the word of the father. So the name is mentioned and now the people respond because the name is backed up by a word and there's integrity, all right, which now means that this, the son can get what he needs. So it's the same way with us. He's given us his word, and that word came to dwell inside us. He's given us his spirit. That spirit came to dwell inside us. And that all of that is represented by his name. His name is powerful as his word is powerful. His name is powerful as his spirit is powerful. All right, so... Um, Without going into too much detail, I just want to go to the book of Acts. So in Acts chapter 3, what happened was Peter and John went for prayer, okay, to the temple at the hour of prayer. So verse 2, I'm just going to pick it up there. When a certain man crippled from his birth was being carried along, who was laid each day at the gate of the temple uh, called Beautiful. So this man was on his way. They carried him to the, the gate called Beautiful in the temple so that he could beg for alms. Okay, So he had a specific cloak on and he had the government permission. So he was there to beg for money so that he might beg for charitable gifts, etc. Verse 3, so... When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them to give him a gift. And Peter directed his gaze intently at him, and so did John, and said, Look at us. 
And the man paid attention to them, expecting that he was going to get something from them. So he thought he was just going to get some money. But now listen to this. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, that I give to you. Okay, so he did not put his trust in silver or gold. I mean, I'm sure they had some money somewhere. But he says, in essence there, my trust is not in silver and gold. What I have to give to you that will help you is not silver or gold. But what I do have that will, that's really going to help you is, he says, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Okay. So what is this Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Okay, so uh, there's a lot, of, a lot around the word. And a lot of people complain that you're supposed to say Yeshua or Yahuwah or uh, whatever. I, am, I do understand different languages. And in different languages, words are diff slightly different. So Jesus understands English. So whether I call him Yahweh or Yahuwah or uh, whatever else, um, he will respond if we have faith in him. So it's not in the literal pronunciation of the name, but it's in the power of the name. It's in what the name represents. It's when I speak the name, is there intent that I'm speaking of the Son of God? Is there intent that I'm speaking of the one who is the Christ, the one that was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, going about doing good healing, all that was sick, uh, all that were oppressed by the devil. So the Christ is the anointed one, that which is rubbed upon or smeared upon. And Nazareth is the place where he came from. So, um, I mean, people said, can anything good come from Nazareth? I think that was Nathaniel. He said, come and see. <laughs> so Nazareth was as, as a small little town in the middle of nowhere, and it was kind of, you know, people thought it was a little bit backwards. Okay, so the word Nazar means it's, uh, it's a branch. And Eth is a, is a small town, a town, town of no significance. So Nazar, uh, speaking of the prophecy, out of the root of Jesse will grow a tender plant. Okay, so the branch of the Lord grew up. So uh, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 3, he says, the axe lies at the root of the tree. So the tree was chopped down, but out of the root of Jesse grew up a tender plant. And something green and something fresh, something full of the anointing, something alive, not dead and old and full of religion and full of dogma. So uh, Jesus came to destroy the old, but to bring life. Into uh, out of that root grew the tender plant. And now into that branches, into that tree that's growing out, we are all engrafted. So in John 15, he says, if any, um, uh, he says, I'm the, the vine, you are the branches. Sorry, I just wanted to jump to 2 Corinthians 5 in my head now. I'm not awake yet. So, um, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If any man abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. So out of that root 
grew this branch full of life, and we are engrafted into that branch, okay? So the axe lies at the root. The other one was chopped off. Now, if you read in Romans chapter 11, it says the native branches was broken off, but they can be grafted back into this branch that grew out of the root. So God wants the life um, that comes out of the root of the prophecy, out of everything that the prophets foretold of what God wanted to do on the earth. God wants to engraft us back into it. So the Gentiles are just grafted in. The Jews that were broken off are grafted back in. But everyone will be saved in him. And in this branch, he's called my servant, the branch. So he's called Jesus Christ of Nazareth, my servant, the branch. So Jesus or Yeshua, I mean, that... That was a name that people kind of, you don't just use it because it was reserved for the Messiah, all right? So, so it, it is a name uh, meaning God is with us, Emmanuel, God is with us. All right, so the, the name that has been given to us represents everything that he is and it's repre it represents everything that he has done. So the name is authority. So in the name of someone, you walk in that person's authority, in that person's resources, and in that person's word. So he has given us his name. He has given us the name above all names. All right. So Peter and John said, in the name or in the use of the name, says the Amplified, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Then he took hold of the man's right hand. So he used the name. So what did he do? He was inside the name, grafted into the name. So the name is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe or saved, says another translation. They then took hold of the man's right hand with a firm grip and raised him up. And at once his feet and ankle bones became strong and steady. And leaping forth, he stood and began to walk, and he went into the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking about and praising God, and they recognized him as the man who usually sat begging for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement, bewilderment, consternation over what had occurred to him. Okay. So... Um, then a whole crowd of people gathered, and um, Peter started preaching to them. And now the Pharisees came, and they wanted to arrest them because they didn't want it. And they, they sternly warned them not to speak in this name again. I mean, how amazing is that, that they would understand that, that they would warn them and say, you don't speak in that name again. By whose name are you doing these miracles? You, we want to stop you speaking in this name. And, and this is, I think, the great drive. People want to get pe people not to say the name of Jesus. Some Christians are even too afraid to say the name Jesus. They talk of God or they talk of Father or they talk, but they don't want to say Jesus. Hey, that's the name that brings salvation. We need to speak the name of Jesus and we need to have faith in the name of Jesus. All right, so let's pick it up in Acts chapter 4. He says in verse 9, If we are being put on trial here today and examined concerned a good deed done to benefit a feeble, helpless cripple 
by what means this man has been restored to health. Let it be known and understood by all of you and by the whole house of Israel that in the name and through the power and authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, in him and by means of him, uh, this man... By means of him, this man is standing here before you well and sound in body. This Jesus is the stone which was despised and rejected by you, the builders, but which has become the head of the corner, the cornerstone. Okay, so we touched on that the other day when I spoke about life in Psalms 118. So now verse 12 says, and there is salvation in and through no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by and in which we must be saved. If you want to be saved, it will be in this name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Most High God. All right, so um, this power released. When you're standing in the name of Jesus, you're speaking with the authority of Jesus. When you're standing in the name of Jesus, it's Jesus' words coming out of your mouth. Your words become his word. And it is his spirit using your mouth as a mouthpiece, speaking through you, like I spoke yesterday about words being anointed. So in the name of Jesus, you speak the words of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you speak with his power and with his authority, and you get his results. All right. So, just a little bit later on in Acts chapter 4, verse 29, he says, And now, Lord, observe their threats and grant to your bondservants full freedom to declare your message fearlessly while you stretch out your hand. So, we talked about the hand of the Lord being revealed also earlier. Okay. And to cure and perform signs and wonders through the authority and by the power of the name of your holy child and servant Jesus and when they had prayed the place in which they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with freedom and boldness and courage okay and then verse 33 says great strength and ability and power the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace rested richly upon them all. All right, so the name of the Lord is power being released. If you stand in the name, you're in a safe place. If you speak, your words carry power. Like I said previously about the words that's anointed, it's like the, your word uh, it's, a, it's different. There's power in it. Jesus is in every word. He's infused in every word. The power of God is in every word. It's different than just someone else speaking the same information. It's, speak, it's spoken out of the Spirit and out of the authority of the name of Jesus. All right. So, then I just want to quickly take you to... John chapter 17. 
All right. So I'm going to start reading from verse 1. And um, I trust that this will bless you. When Jesus had spoken these things, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify and exalt and honor and magnify your son, so that your son may glorify and honor and magnify you. Just as you have granted him power and authority. You see the power and the authority there. Over all flesh. Now glorify him so that he may give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. It means to know, recognize, and understand you, the only true God, the real God. And likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me along with yourself and restore to me such majesty and honor in your presence as I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name. I have revealed your very self, your real self, to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you, have, and you gave them to me, and you have obeyed and kept your word. You see, the word that's connected to the name. The word is connected to the name. And there's power and authority in the name, and there's life released as we have faith in the name of Jesus Christ. We know someone by name. When we know someone, we understand who that person is. When you know someone, that name carries more value. That name carries more power. All right? So uh, I want you to just understand this. He says, Father, glorify me. You have given me power and authority. Um, To give eternal life to all whom you have given him. He says, this is eternal life. To know you, the only real God, and to know him by name. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the anointed one whom you have sent. Okay. I have glorified you down here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me along with yourself and restore to me such power and majesty and honor and presence that I had with you before the world existed. I've manifested your name. Okay, so just quickly rewind to John chapter 7. In John chapter 7, verse 37. Now the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried, cried in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, he who cleaves to trust and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. Now listen to this. But he was speaking here of the spirit whom those who believed were after, who believed trusted in him were afterward to receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So there is Jesus in John 17 says, Father, glorify me so that this life can come to them, so that the Spirit can come to them, so that everything locked up in this name that I have revealed will come to them. Okay, so everyone who believes in his name, says John chapter 1, 
gave he, to them gave he power to become sons of God. So if the son's name is believed on, the father's name is revealed to them. So what is the name of the father? Who is the name of the father revealed to? Sons. If the name father is revealed to you, you understand that you are a son. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, you receive power and authority from him to also be a son of God. You're standing in him, in his place, in his name, in his authority, in his seat. You speak with his voice. As he is a son, you become a son. As he speaks with power, you speak with power. As he heals the sick, you heal the sick. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. So may you just have greater faith in the name of Jesus Christ. May you just have a revelation of who you are and understand that you are not separate from Christ. You are one with Christ. And that this name was given to you that you may be saved. And this name has been given to the whole earth so that Every person can be saved under this name. There's no other name by which men can be saved. Bless you. We'll see you later. Amen.